Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Yeah, yeah, we do sort of some stuff. It's a little bit 
little bit more fancy than what we did in the Anglican Church or whatever. But so that we experience him every day and we enjoy his company and believe in him. He's always been around. He was there in creation. The Bible said that he was hovering over the waters. He was there all through the Old Testament. He's inspiring the prophets and he's anointing the priests and the kings and he's his blessing came down in the temple, and he's always been there, always been there. He spoke through, you know, he, he filled men with power so they could, you know, Samson could rip a lion apart. He says the Spirit came upon him. Who knew the Holy Spirit's into ripping lions apart? You know, he does all sorts of interesting things. He's, he's very interesting. And he, he spoke through the prophets. And then when Jesus came, it says that Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on Mary. So he, he gets people pregnant. That's, that's an interesting job. I'm sure a lot of men enjoy that job. <laughs> um, sorry, it's really, really weird. That's really weird. I'm sorry. Well, it's an important job. It has to be done. Come on. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. And um, that's, yeah, I mean, the, the Bible is really weird. I mean, when you let your kids read the Bible, like you just think, yes, children, go and read the Bible, you know, and then they kind of, um, what's a virgin? A virgin is a woman who hasn't got married yet, you know, depend, depending on their age. Ah, oh, okay. And so, you know, you just kind of got to work your way through. I sent Leroy off to read the Bible. I said, what are you reading this morning? He says, I'm reading how Saul killed himself. They go, and do you know why he did that? Yeah, he fell on his sword because the army was coming, so he killed himself. And he said, right, well, let's just look at the life of Saul, shall we? Great. You can see docs coming. What are you doing, those kids? <laughs> um, so, so you give kids the Bible, you know, go and read the Bible. That should be all right. And they come out with the weirdest stuff. So, you know, the Holy Spirit, he, he's just doing amazing things. And then he was there with Jesus, as I said. He got Mary pregnant. And then he, um, you know, he, it says he led Jesus into the wilderness when Jesus was, was being tempted and tested. And he, he was working together with Jesus in his, uh, his miracles. And then, it, you know, when he rose again, it says he, well, when he was on the cross, it said he offered himself through the eternal spirit. So with the power of the spirit, he was there on the cross with, you know, through the Holy Spirit. So he's always been always been working. And Jesus said this, I'm telling you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, he will come to you. And when he's come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And, and, later, and earlier he said, I pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Now that word there, helper, is parakletos, which is that we don't really have a word quite like it. This one that comes to help us. And so I want to look at, at what the Holy Spirit does. But notice that Jesus says, it's better that I go because then he's going to be here. You would imagine it would be pretty good if Jesus lived in your house and you hung out with Jesus all the time. But Jesus says, no, you, you, it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit. That's better. And one of the reasons it's better is because Jesus is now in heaven. When Jesus was on earth, he was in his humility. He was in his, his poverty, if you like. He was in his weakness. But now he's ascended. He's glorified. And in his glorified position, the Holy Spirit is now ministering Jesus through us. 
not as the humble Jesus, but as the glorified, the, the Jesus on his throne. So we get Jesus still through the Holy Spirit, but we get the glorified, the powerful, the conquered Jesus. And so it's better. Jesus has more to give, basically, from the position of the throne. And that stream of life comes through the Holy Spirit. So it's better that Jesus is gone because Jesus is now glorified. He's awesome. And the power of the Holy Spirit is with us, ministering Christ through us and with us. And notice he also says, I'm going to give you another helper. So he was the first one. Jesus was, he was the helper. He was helping, leading, guiding, comforting, encouraging the disciples. But he said, I'm giving you another one. And that's the Holy Spirit. And he's with us now. This is the age of the Holy Spirit. We've got to be so into the Holy Spirit because this is his time. This is his season. This is the, the season of the Holy Spirit. There is no vital, strong, lively Christianity without the Holy Spirit. It doesn't exist. I was thinking about about the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking about about being without Him, and to have Christianity without the Holy Spirit's power and influence is like having a beautiful fireplace. And it's it's you know it's beautifully made. It's got a nice flue, and it's perhaps got nice you know fire instruments so that you can poke and prod, and it's all there. It's lovely. And everyone sits around and admires the fire. What a beautiful fireplace. How do you use it? Well, this one's for potting and this one's for turning over. With no fire. That's what it's like. Christianity, without the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like a fireplace with no fire. And it's like everyone's sitting around like, oh, this is what we do. We warm ourselves like this. So you put your hands towards and everyone goes, how do you do it? How do you do it? All right. Mm, this. We've been doing it for hundreds of years, like this, and, and all these sort of traditions. And then we put this here, and we put that there, and there's no fire. What's the point? That's what it is. The Holy Spirit, he's, he's the whole point of the church, so that he is here with us, telling us what to do, guiding us, helping us. What is the point without him? Some of you know I've been enjoying, you know, visiting the Jewish synagogue and things, having a Jewish experience lately, thanks to the goodings, and it's been really great. And I loved it, really loved it. And went to the synagogue, as, you, as I think we may have mentioned. And, um, you know, it was a little bit different because, you know, you had little guys had their hats, and instead of a, sort of an altar and a cross, they've got, um, they called it an ark, and they had the, the uh, Torah, a copy of the Torah, sort of scrolls, and you had a quick gift. There it was. And I'm not mocking them because, you know, hey, Jesus was a Jew. You know, it was, it's all, I, I love this. I loved it. And I enjoyed hearing the Hebrew. And I, even though it was a very, very nice people, it was lovely. But it was strangely familiar. That's what I found so strange about it. I thought, it feels so familiar. So why does it feel so familiar, God? And it's because it was religion. It's religion, and a, and a good religion. The Jewish religion is a good one. I mean, you know, God started it. <laughs> um, it's a good religion, like good morals, you know. I mean, I agree with most of what they say. It's a good religion, but at the end of the day, they've sort of lost the Messiah. And so it's a religion without the Holy Spirit, which means it's, it's man-made. Because the Holy Spirit's not showing us what to do, then we've got to figure out what to do. And so that's why it felt so familiar. Because, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't necessarily have to have the word synagogue over it to be a man-made religion. 
I've been in Christian churches that were very similar. Very, very similar. Man made. It's man made religion and it all feels the same. I mean, you can get the Asian version. You know, you get the Asian version, and it's a little bit different because they've got a different culture, but it, it feels the same. It felt the same. It's religion without the Holy Spirit. It's religion without the essence, the fire. So we have the Holy Spirit. We have the fire burning, and that's what we've got to make sure that it's burning bright in each one of us. It's like a, or a well with no water. What is the point? You know, we know we've got a well hiding there under 101, under our building. And again, you can, draw, you can pretend to get the water up. You can t- pretend to dig and do everything. But it, it's useless. This one's useless. It's full of concrete. <laughs> it's useless unless there's water coming out of it. So I want to encourage you to know that we, especially as Pentecostal Christians, pride ourselves on being a, a church that is, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit and a church that recognizes and honors Him and, and wants to know Him. But let's be sure that we do. Because I believe even Pentecostal churches can get religious. Even Pentecostal churches can have their ways of doing things. And I don't want us to be like that. I, I want us to constantly have a, 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 a vibrant, lively time with the Holy Spirit who is a person. He's a person. And so, I want to encourage us to think about our relationship with him today as individuals, as people. So, seeing as I was preaching about him, I thought I'd ask him. So, I said, so what do you want me to say about you? <laughs> All these girls praying, what do you want me to say about you? And immediately, this popped into my, my brain, I'm a people person. I thought, oh. And you know, when you're hearing from the Holy Spirit, some of you know exactly how to do that, and some of you are not so good at it. But if you want to hear from the Holy Spirit, you all can, because the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. It's just a question of waiting on God, and He'll He'll start speaking to you and showing you things, and you get you'll get visions and words and feelings, and, and you and you learn what's the Holy Spirit and what's not. So I heard that. Is that, is that right? Is that, is that you, you're a people person? I thought I didn't really think of him as a person. And then it was so funny because then I opened this book about the Holy Spirit and says he something about him being a divine person. I was like, huh. I was just thinking about that, whether he's a person or not. He's a divine person. He's a, God has personality. The whole concept of personhood is what we are, but we get that from him. He has a person. So he was saying, I'm a people person. He's divine, but he loves people. He loves you. He loves hanging out with you. He loves to chat. He loves to spend time with you. He likes to just be with you. And he wants us to be like that too. It's no good saying, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really a people person. It's like, you have to be. <laughs> You're a Christian. We love people. And the Holy Spirit loves us and he loves being with us and he enjoys our company, which is exciting. So it's not like, I've got to try and get caught the Holy Spirit. It's like, he's hanging to hang out with you. He wants to be with you. He enjoys your company. And in fact, he doesn't like it when we push him away. He, he doesn't like it when we sort of, Oh, I'm too busy. I don't have time to talk. I'm too busy. I don't like it when people are like that. <laughs> I don't like it when, you know, I mean, sometimes it happens. If someone never seems to have time for you or doesn't want to talk or, can we just, how long do you want to talk for? It's like, oh, <laughs> exactly. You know, you're white. it's nice when people want to be with you, but the Holy Spirit likes it too. And he doesn't like it. I'm, I'm too busy. 
can we just, can we just, can I just do this? I don't, go away. I don't. The Bible says that he actually gets sad. Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. And grief means grief, cause distress, cause sorrow, make him feel heavy. So we can make him feel sad. Isn't that a crazy thought, that we have the power to make him feel sad, just like you can make anyone you love feel sad? But it's not. Why would we do that? I don't want to make the Holy Spirit sad. I want him to really enjoy my company. And so then I asked him some more, what, what, what else do you want me to say about you? I felt him say, I like having fun. I don't like being bored. And I thought, wow, that's really cool, isn't it? He enjoys fun. He enjoys life to the full. And again, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every evil. So we don't stifle him or turn him off. Hey, that quench is like if you've got a lamp and you shut it down and turn it off. And, it's, you know, he, he doesn't like it when we do that because then things get boring. Without him, things get boring. If your life is boring, you probably need to spend some time praying and getting into the Holy Spirit because he doesn't like being bored. So if you're bored, then you're probably not hanging out with him enough. So, you know, we're not gullible. It says test all things. We're not gullible. And just because something's wild and wacky doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit. Just because something's crazy, the Bible it says don't quench the Holy Spirit, but then it says, but test everything. Some things are not the Holy Spirit just because they look weird or wacky or exciting. We, te- we can feel, we can have a sense of what's right and what's wrong. So we don't stifle him and we don't grieve him. We, we get to know him. And I just want to go through some of the, some of the, 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 the word that he is described as. So we saw that he was described as our helper. That's that parakletos. And we need help. Who knows that we need help? If you need help, if you feel like there's any area of your life that you need help in, he is, he is helping us. I'm, I'm currently reading a book about the Queen of England, and she has all these people just kind of helping her. You know, I just would, I think it'd be really fun. I guess we'll get that one day when, you know, when we're reigning and ruling as we should be. But he, she's got, you know, ladies in waiting and she's got a private secretary and, you know, personal aides and consultants and all sorts of things. And I thought, we have all the help that we need in the Holy Spirit. He's our consultant. It's like, I don't know what to do. He's our consultant. I don't feel strong enough. I have a, a personal helper. I have an aide. You know, I, I don't, I feel, I, I don't know how to do this. He's going to show us. So, you know, we are the true nobility on this earth as the Bible says, and we have the Holy Spirit to help us. We have him to, to bless us. It says he's our, our guide. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So he's going to lead us. He's going to show us what to do, whether it's every day or whether it's who to marry or big decisions or small decisions. And there's so many ways, whether it's a, a lack of peace, a sense of rightness, a clear voice, advice. You know, some people give you advice and you go, that's the right advice. You just go, that's that's it. And that's the Holy Spirit. It's so many ways. And if we look at the in Acts, the Holy Spirit was constantly talking to them, constantly. It, it said that they should choose deacons who were full of the Holy Spirit. So even in the organizational thing, they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2.29, the Spirit said to Philip, 
go over to that chariot. Go and walk next to that chariot. So think about that. He's telling people, just, just go over there. Go and, go and talk to the people in that car. Go and, so oh, this is very exciting. So I don't want all of us to be living this life every single day. What does the Holy Spirit want me to do? Ring this person. Go and visit that one. Go and walk here. Go to that beach. Go and spend time here. That's what they were doing in the New Testament. And I believe he wants us to live like that. Peter said, was praying. When Peter was spending time with the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, three men are going to come and they're going to take you to a Greek guy. Go with them. It's very specific, isn't it? Later on, they were worshipping and fasting and it said the Holy Spirit said, set apart Barnabas and Saul. So again, very specific, these very specific names. And I believe that God wants us to live like this. This is not just for the New Testament. This is not just for these guys. This is for us right now. So I want you to think about that. How do I, you know, the only way that we need to get a hold of this sort of thing is by being hungry. That's all it takes. If we want it, we get it. It's as simple as that. If we are feeling bored, we go to the whole, we go to spend time in a secret place. Go and spend time with God. Say, what do you want me to do? Because this is your time. There's no wasting time. If we're sad, we go to the secret place. Holy Spirit, I'm sad. Why? What do you want me to do? Because he, in his presence is fullness of joy. So he's always going to be telling us what to do and helping us and giving us ideas the whole time. And, and, then, and then it's exciting. That's why he said, I don't like being bored. I want, to be, I want your life to be exciting. Maybe you think, yeah, but I've got to go to work every day and do all this work stuff. And, you know, maybe that's not so fun. Well, talk to God about it. Change your job or, 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 or find out a way that your job can be more fun and pray about it. I hear great stories about people at work whose life is very exciting. You know, we sometimes share about Le Turneau, who um, used to get, you know, pray about his work. He built earth-moving equipment. And he'd pray about it, and God would give him these amazing dreams of machines to make. We had a guy in our church who ran a coffee business, and he prayed. He was praying, and God said, buy stocks in coffee beans, because there was a big flood fire, a fire in Brazil, and all the coffee, a whole bunch of coffee fields were destroyed. So his stocks went crazy, and he made a lot of money. <laughs> so that could happen to you. Buy stocks in something. That's what do you think, how does that happen? Wait on God and see. I was waiting on God the other day and praying with someone. We were just waiting on God. And I, I just thought, oh, these people, they'll be good for this position. And I'm like, I told her, she said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And then we kept praying. I went, oh, this is what we need to do for this person. Yes. And I was excited. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to tell them. I was, you know, the Holy Spirit is telling me what to do. And you, whatever your field is, whether it's at work, how do I deal with this person, God? What do I do? He, the Holy Spirit spoke. He speaks. He guides. There's so much exciting things that he wants to do, he wants to say. So I've got a big list here. I haven't really got time to go through it all, but he convicts us. He's like a lawyer. He, he is our, he's our lawyer, our advisor. He tells us if something's wrong. It says he convicts the world of sin. You can't convince someone about sin. You can't explain sin. They have to feel it from the inside. And the Holy Spirit does that. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes us new. We're born of the Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes us holy. 
So he's our coach. He's our consultant. He's holy. So little by little, he works in our heart as we spend time with him and attacks everything that is not right. Everything that's not right. He brings it to the surface. Nothing escapes his influence. So as you're growing in God, he's like, I don't really like that. And then you feel it. And it, it's exciting. There might be a little bit of a, oh, I want to keep doing it. But um, it's really exciting. You, know, you, don't, you don't like it anymore. I used to love, I mean, my, God's just made me different. I, I can think of things I used to do that I just don't want to do anymore. You know, conversations that I used to enjoy having. I just can't be bothered. I don't want to. He says, I don't. Because if, if, if he doesn't like a conversation, then we, we shouldn't like it. So otherwise, we're without him. So, you know, if a conversation's not good, then just don't, don't do it. Don't say it. Praise God. I've shared with you once that I, I was going to say something unkind to someone about someone once, a long time ago. And I was, I was going to say it to the girl next to me. You know, it was about a guy. I was going to say, oh, he's, he, I can't even remember what I was going to say. Something like, it was unkind. I know, something like, he's a bit hopeless or I don't like him or whatever I was going to say. I don't know. Something unkind. And I reached over to say it right into her ear because it was music playing. So I reached over like this, going literally that far away from her ear. And the Holy Spirit said to me, that's not very kind. And I had a try, but I wanted to say it because it was, you know, yeah, it was juicy. And I just wanted to say it. And besides, I, my, I was this close to her, so she was like, and I'm fighting the Holy Spirit going, to say or not to say? But I obeyed. I obeyed. I thought, no, obey. And there's, you see, there's always a moment of obedience. There's a moment where you get to choose. You always get to choose. And you know what? It's your choice. This is what's free will. Free will is scary stuff. There's always a moment. Don't watch that. You choose. Don't say that. Don't do that. Do this. Oh, I can't. I'm too lazy. Oh, I'm going to prophesy. Oh, I'm too scared. So you, you can either do something you're not supposed to do or not do something. Say, come on, come on. Come on. Say, so I didn't say that. I changed it to the opposite. I said the exact opposite. I said, are you sure to do this thing? Exact opposite. I remember, I said the exact opposite. And I always remember, she turned to me and she went, Oh my goodness, like she fancies him. She's keen on him. And I was about to have a go on him, and she was keen on him. And I'm, I wasn't going to say anything really bad, you know, it was just a little bit juicy, yucky. And I just remember thinking, oh, she's keen on him. And so I was just like, oh, yeah, cute. It's really cute. Like he's, he's, and then I found all the nice things to say about him, because there was a lot of good things to say about him. And so, sure enough, she started going out with him, and I'm just. <laughs> Encouraging her the whole time and very supportive. In fact, I was so supportive that I ended up being one of the bridesmaids. I'm not joking. And the whole time all I could think of was, I'm so glad I never said it. I don't think I'd be here right now if I did. <laughs> you know, you just don't know where things are going to go, do you? I mean, so I, I was, from saying the opposite of what I was going to say, I was potentially even landed that very seed. Who knows? So that's, he's the coach. But are you going to listen? 
Because at the end of the day, we get to decide it's free will. And it doesn't matter how mature you are, there's always an opportunity to obey or disobey. And if you spend time with the Holy Spirit and you're close to him, he speaks to us, and then it's choice. Obey or disobey. So if you hear what he has to say and then you obey, then you are going to have a happy day. <laughs> You're going to be very fruitful. That's fruitfulness. If you abide in me and I abide in you, ask what you will, it will be done for you. How does that work? It's because we're close to him, so we know what he, he wants us to do. But then we still have to do it. So that, that's the bottom line with, with, with being fruitful. Spend time with him. God wants us to bear much fruit, but that fruit will be born in intimacy. Fruit will be born as we spend time with him we hear his voice, we know what he wants us to do, and then we do it. The Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So you can busy, 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 all you like. If the Holy Spirit hasn't told you to do it, it's nothing. It's of no value. So you've got to know what he wants you to do, and then you do it, and then there's fruit. And that's the way he wants us to live. So he's our coach, he's our consultant, he's the one that, he's our, he's our superhero. Where the, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So he's our, our rescuer. He's right here. And he's, he can rescue us from those bad habits or rescue us from those crazy situations or, you know, we rescue us from addictive or stupid things that we do. And we all have them. And it says he's our, he sets us free. Free, that's awesome to be free. He says he's our teacher. He will teach you all things. All things. Whether it's how to build a playground or how to prophesy or how to get someone healed. He teaches us all things. And then finally, the Bible says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I've had to sort of be a bit general because... He's so huge. I can hardly begin to cover all that he does and says in one message. I guess really what my message is, is really exciting, so we've got to spend more time with him and get to know him. But there's that power. We, we, he fills us with power. He wants us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to have an opportunity at the end of his service. Because we can, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our hearts and fills us and, and helps us with all of this. He, he starts to make us anew. He starts to get us right with God and, and rebuilds us on the inside. That's good. And then there's more. He wants to flood us so that we're baptized, we're, we're full of the Holy Spirit, and then we've got the power of God. It's a little bit like the difference between having a fish tank and the ocean. A fish tank is nice, and some Christians have sort of have fish tank Christianity, it's, and it's nice, it's good, but it's very, it's very neat. And there's the water. You might dip your finger in and just, ooh, that's nice, and that's, that's good. Good to have the Holy Spirit contained. But even better is when you're overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you, you know, you go into the ocean and it's not always easy to get messier. You know, there's some country people in this church that don't go to the beach enough. I found out about them. And it's, I don't understand. There's more than one family. I found out about these people. They go, we don't go to the beach. And I went, live on the central coast. That is the whole point of living on the central coast is to go to the beach all the time. I mean, what? There's not much. I mean, I, I don't understand. So well, we'll talk. I'll pray for you later. But, but when I go to the beach, I'm known to find it a bit hard to get in. And, and one, Barbara's another one. She's gone up visiting in the country somewhere, but she doesn't go to the beach much. She just, just 
that's where I want to finish. It's like, don't be drunk with entertainment. Don't be drunk with movies. Don't be drunk with gaming. Don't be drunk with busyness or a career or, you know, my job. Don't fill up on all that stuff. That's good. Do it. But be filled with the Holy Spirit because He has exciting things for us. And I absolutely do not think that those kinds of things are only available for people in Africa, for missionaries in Africa. That's for us. He, there's, there's people to love. There's people to pray for. There's, there's people to tell about Jesus. It's, it's all around us. It's a very exciting life, and we've all got a long way to go. We all know that. So not, don't be, I don't, we don't be discouraged. We are encouraged. We go, right, that's it. I'm going for it. I'm, 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 I'm diving in. I'm diving into the ocean. I'm, di- I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit because He wants me to be, and I want it. We hope you enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about our podcast so they too can learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at c3cc.org.au. See you next time. God bless.